0: In uh, November of 1974, I was sitting in Hamburger Hamlet, a, ham- a Shakespeare-themed, upscale hamburger restaurant in <laughs> West Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I had driven down to Los Angeles from where I lived in Santa Cruz, California, and uh, sitting, sitting across the table from me was my friend Susan. Now, Susan was tall and willowy, with uh, honey blonde hair and uh, beautiful brown eyes. I first met her when we both worked at day camp in Southern California in 1969. And uh, I was immediately attracted to her, not only because of her looks, but she was just a really interesting, fascinating woman. And so all summer long, I tried to get her to go out with me. But uh, for one reason or another, she never would go out with me or she never could. Plans fell through, whatever. And we never actually got together, although we did become friends through work and staff parties and so forth. And then um, at the end of the summer, when the camp was over, and I was supposed to drive the next day to Boston to start graduate school, I got a call from Susan and she said, she wondered if it would be possible to get together with me before I left. Now remember, this was the 60s, so (laughs) I knew she was inviting me to come and have sex with her. (laughs) So, of course, I said, yes. (laughs) So, I got to her house late at night. She had already been in bed. She came to the door. She was rubbing sleep out of her eyes. And she was wearing this long flannel nightgown. And she took me by the hand and led me into her bedroom and we had really disappointing sex. (laughs) I don't think it was satisfying to either one of us, and after a few minutes, I left. (laughs) And uh, the next morning, I drove to graduate school in Boston. And a couple of months later, I decided to call her. I got her on the phone and I said, gee, Susan, what's happening? What's going on in your life? And she said, well, I'm pregnant. (laughs) And I said, oh? (laughs) Is that good? And she said, yeah, 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 that's something I've been planning for quite some time. And I said, well, when is the baby due? And she said, May. And I did some quick mental arithmetic. (laughs) And my heart started pounding, and I'm thinking, oh my God. And I said, are you trying to tell me that I'm the father of your child? And she seemed appalled. She said, no, 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 no. I was already pregnant when I slept with you. She said, this is something I had planned. I wanted to have a child by myself and I made an arrangement with a man to get me pregnant and then to sign the child's birth certificate when the child was born and then disappear from my life and the child's life and never have anything to do with me. Well I thought this was kind of weird but I felt this a little bit of you know. <laughs> a little relief and, and, and maybe just a little regret, a little disappointment, uh, but one thing is that it made her more fascinating than ever. I thought, <laughs> what, a, what an amazing choice she had made, you know? And so I made a point, every time I was visiting my family in Los Angeles, I would also go and visit Susan. And I happened to be there when her son Timothy was born. And then once, uh, when he was about 18 months old, I visited her, and he, he was asleep, so I only saw him for a few minutes. And I had some photographs of myself in my pocket. They were baby photographs of myself. My mother had given them to me earlier that evening. And for some reason, I decided to show these baby photographs to Susan. Susan. And maybe it was because she's the only person I knew who had a baby. I mean, I was in my early 20s. You know, what did I know about babies? And so uh, she seemed puzzled about why I was showing her these photos. It seemed much more intimate than our relationship really was. And, uh, but she didn't really react, and I went on my way. And then one time, uh, when Timothy was about two and a half years old, I was visiting her, and we were sitting on the back porch of her house, and we were watching Timothy playing in the yard, and I said to her, you know, Susan, I know I'm not Timothy's biological father, but I feel like you are my family. I just feel this closeness to you. And she said, that's nice. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: and then uh, after that, I, I, I did some child care for her. I took, I took care of Timothy a couple of times before I moved to Santa Cruz in June of 1974. And while I was in Santa Cruz, Susan called me. And she said, Michael, um, there's something really important I have to discuss with you. But I don't think I can talk about it over the phone. So uh, are you going to be in Los Angeles? And I said, well, yes, I, I was going to be. She said, well, can we arrange to get together? Fine. So I had driven 400 miles from Santa Cruz to Los Angeles. And there I was with Susan. In hamburger Hamlet and I was filled with anticipation ever since she had called me because I still was fascinated with the woman and I was feeling kind of lonely having just moved to another city and was feeling oh what can she want to tell me of course she's gonna tell me that she really loves me and that we're gonna get together and have a relationship right so there I am filled with anticipation looking Susan right in the eyes and she says Michael I think you're Timothy's father you? <laughs> and I was speechless I, I, I couldn't speak but feelings were were like coursing through me in waves you know I, I had this feeling like oh my god this is the greatest thing in my life I'm a father and then Right behind that joyous feeling, there was this feeling of deep, deep sadness, because I realized I would never be able to share this with my own father, who had recently died. And then there were all these confused feelings about, wait a minute, I want to be with Susan, you know, and I guess this means we can be together as a family, right? And, And then Susan told me the story. And she said that when she had been a very young child, her father had abandoned her and her mother. And she was heartbroken and she tried to find him. And she finally figured out where he was and she called him and he wouldn't talk to her. And she would call him and he wouldn't talk with her. And she said, I decided that when I had a child I was going to be mother and father to that child, and nobody was ever going to do that to my child, was never going to be abandoned, that child. So I made an arrangement with this man, Brian. He got me pregnant, he signed the birth control and the birth certificate, and he disappeared from my life just like he promised. I haven't seen him since. But Timothy has started talking about daddies because a lot of his playmates in preschool talk about their daddies. And I realized that Timothy might ask me who his father was, he had never asked. So then I realized, Michael, that I I had to think about it and I, I thought about it. And I remembered those baby pictures that you showed me. And there was one of them that had a pattern of like seven dimples on your face. And they were exactly the same, as seven dimples on Timothy's face. And so when I thought about it, I thought, I think you are the father of my five-year-old son. And I'm still trying to process all of this. And she said, listen, I don't know if you believe this. And I understand if you don't. She said, uh, we don't want anything from you. I don't want anything from you. I don't need money or anything else from you. But when I was a child, there was an obstacle to my relationship with my father. And." I will not be the obstacle in my child's life between him and his father. So she did say, oh, she also said, listen, we we could get a blood test, because this was before DNA. (laughs) We could get a blood test, but I think it might be pretty traumatic for Timothy. So I'd rather not, you know, but if you want, We can do that." He said, no, no, no. And then I realized that it never once occurred to me that it wasn't true that I was Timothy's father. I knew in my heart, in my mind, of course he was my son. But we were trying to figure out what to do, so we finally agreed that we would have a little tryout period and that I would spend some time with Timothy. Um, a Couple of weeks, go out with him a few times and just see how it felt. And so that's what we did. And uh, Timothy was a great little kid. I really enjoyed being with him. And um, at about two weeks later, we met again and she said, well, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. I feel like he, he is my son. And she said, I, I think he is, too. So we agreed that she would tell him, and then I would tell them. So the next time, uh, we went out together. I said, Timothy, I have something to tell you. And he said, what? No. I said, I want to talk to you about something. And he said, I know. I said, You know what? And he said, You're my daddy. And I said, Yes. What do you think? How does that make you feel? He said, That's okay. (laughs) And, you know, he was five, and he was a little shy, but he seemed to really like the idea that I was his father. And it turned out I was going to be spending some time in Los Angeles, so uh, I started seeing him a couple of times a week, and we would go and do fun things. I would take him to Santa Monica Pier and go on rides and play games, or take him to the movies, or... Or, or, or go to a museum. But the, the, our favorite thing was, we used to like to go down on Venice Beach and roughhouse. And Timothy would run at me and he would jump on me and then we would wrestle and I would tickle him and we'd roll around in the sand. And <laughs> boy, I just remember feeling this incredible physical sensation Uh, my whole body was part of it. It was like, this is flesh of my flesh. This is blood of my blood. This is wonderful. And fortunately I returned to Los Angeles another time, about a year later, and spent another few months, so I got to really solidify the the relationship. We got to be pretty close. But after that, I was living 400 miles away, and I would see Timothy whenever I came to Los Angeles, which was two or three times a year for short visits. And in the summer, he would come and visit me in Santa Cruz and spend the week and we would do father and son stuff like going camping or fishing or, or I would take him with me to play rehearsals. And, and we were getting along great, um, but he was becoming a teenager. And when he was about 14 years old, I moved from Santa Cruz to Portland and my visits to Los Angeles got fewer and farther between. I would maybe go down once a year, and he would come up, but he would only spend like overnight with me, one night or two nights, Uh, and maybe came up twice uh, in the first three or four years I I was in Portland. And then one day, I got a letter from Susan, and I was standing in my living room, reading it, and in the letter, Susan said, "Uh, Michael, I've been feeling pretty distant from Timothy, and I said, oh, this makes sense, because I also was feeling distant from him. He was a teenager, and he was incommunicative, and when I saw him, I couldn't seem to get any conversations going. She said, I look at him and I see some things in him that are not like me or not like anybody in my family. And also, I, see, I don't see them in you, whereas she used to see things all the time. She used to see physical resemblances or emotional things where Timothy was like me. She said, I got kind of curious. And I decided to try and get a hold of Brian, the man who I had originally made this agreement to make a child with. And she searched for him, and it turned out he was living a couple of miles away. And just curious, she had no idea where he was. She hadn't seen him for 18 or 19 years. But she contacted him And she asked him if he would send a photograph from his high school, senior high school yearbook. And I looked in the envelope, and there were two photographs. And I took them out, and they were like two peas in a pod. You wouldn't know which one was Timothy and which one was Brian unless you turned them over and read the name on the back. And the letter said, Michael, I'm really sorry, but it seems like you're not Timothy's father. (coughs) I don't know what to say, but there it is. And I stood in my living room, and I burst out laughing. (laughs) I was already feeling kind of distant from Timothy because of our distance, but also I thought based on showing her a baby photograph, I believed that this boy was my son. I had wanted it, I, I, I thought intuitively, I knew it was true. Physically, in my whole body, I knew it was true. And I had created this whole mythology, this family. And now, with these two photographs, poof, it was all gone. But then I thought, gosh, I, I, I wonder how Timothy is feeling about this. We had, a, after all, a 13-year relationship. And so I sat down, and I wrote Timothy a letter. <coughs> and in the letter I said, Timothy, by now you and I both know that I'm not your biological father, but I want you to know that my relationship with you meant an enormous amount to me. It meant the world to me. I really care about you a lot. I love you. And I don't know how this news is making you feel but if you want to talk to me about it, please get in touch with me, I'm here for you. And I said, not only that, but if you ever want to get together with me or talk to me, I am here for you. And I mailed the letter. Uh, That was 24 years ago. And I still haven't heard from Timothy. He disappeared from my life as completely and mysteriously as he had entered it. Thank you.